can we talk about those for a second? They're they're not officially launched. They're not officially yeah. released. You haven't written an article on them, but there's been pictures. They, yeah, all they over don't the place. officially exist except they just won a golf a PGA tournament. Yeah, so uh, I guess they do. What is up, everybody? How you living? No putts given. We're back. Tony's back. Tony, you were not doing so well a week ago. I'm glad to see you. Almost not. Glad to see you on the mend. Everything good? Uh, It's getting better. But got to bring Adam back, so that's fun. That was that was a treat. That was uh, that was a good time. People seem to enjoy that. But glad you're at least vertical, as opposed to any other. Sort of Tony horizontal fetal. <laughs> Any of the other not so fun positions. How long was the PJ Tour off season this year? Twenty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes? Uh, yeah, about I think eighteen minutes is what I clocked it at. Solidly yeah. eighteen. But we had tournaments, and the prizes all count the same. The money still spends the same. Sahith the Gala. Then the bridesmaid plenty of times. Finally, the bride wins. Napa Fortnite Championship. Uh, by all accounts, a very popular. <laughs> the Fortnite. Player. The Fortnite. Every time, I know. Every, every time, time I, I see that, I'm, I'm not the only one. We're not the only one. It's just no way. Every time I no. see that, it's like video games has has sponsored golf tournaments. It's come to that. It's only a matter of time. Oh, and let's be real. A lot of the sponsors, people have no idea who they are until you know whatever. I remember it took me like six months to figure out what a corn fairy was. I had no idea what a corn fairy was. I, I, I just thought, well, all right, it's it's something. But you know, he he's a pink staffer, so nothing crazy, surprising. Looking at his bag, other than one thing, Tony. Other than one thing, his irons, blueprint S, which we've seen in there. Can can we talk about those for a second? They're they're not officially launched. They're not officially yeah. released. You haven't written an article on them, but. There's been pictures. They, yeah, all they over don't the place. officially exist except they just won a golf a PGA tournament. Yeah, so uh, I guess they do. So what can we? I mean, we've seen the picks. We got some picks. We could probably splice in a couple uh, conforming list picks. There's picks across the internet and whatnot. What can we tell? What uh, What do we know without knowing? Yeah, I mean, well, it's a cavity back of some variety. So, and it looks like just looking kind of at the top line coming around the toe, quite a bit of perimeter weighting up there. So, a, a forgiving blueprint design is, is my read on what I can see. Mm-hmm. We've also seen the blueprint T. We've seen some pictures of that, which appears to be a very traditional, you know, muscle back blade. More in line with what you would expect from Blueprint at this point. Yeah, so my... And this is, again, we don't know anything officially yet. Otherwise, we wouldn't be pontificating. So this is conjecture. But my thinking is, you know, Ping kind of getting into that space of, okay, we want a forged player's iron. We want it to look the part of a... Forge players iron, and but we know we need to offer a couple models within that space. You can't just have, you know, and maybe that's what Blueprint kind of was to test that out and see how people responded. But it was a more advanced blade than, you know, again, 
pretty much anybody should be playing other than maybe a handful of professionals and whatever. But I think to me, this could be a sign that it's like, hey, Ping, we want to get into the better player forward space. We want to have a muscle back. We want to have a more forgiving cavity back. Maybe not as forgiving as like I-230. So in between those two, like in between. Because, I mean, it, looking know, at this, it's it's not radically different from I-230. I mean, without them no. side by side, it's hard to gauge scale and, and get that kind, yeah. of, that kind of view. But, it, yeah, it's uh, – it, it, I get I get I series vibes from this for sure. Mm-hmm. And if it's you know if they really are going the forged route, and, and again, just because a club is forged, that doesn't mean it feels quote unquote good or softer or whatever. There's a lot that goes into that other than just the type of material. However, I think Ping would be going down that route perhaps because if you go all the way back to like S fifty fives and you know irons like that that maybe fit kind of more of this muscle cavity or cavity back player space. They were all cast, and they did feel a little clickier, uh, in my opinion, than at that time when you might have looked at an MP62, right, from Mizuno. Or you might have looked at, you know, some of those more kind of quintessential uh, Myura, the 57s, right? Some of these that were kind of quintessential players, cavity back iron. I never felt like the pings felt as good, but maybe that narrative is going to change. So... I don't know. I hope it does. I think that'd be really, really intriguing. It's Solheim Cup week, Tony. I love team events. I love the U.S. versus Europe. It's going to be fantastic, but the U.S. team has struggled. They've lost the last two in a row. They've lost four out of the last six. They're going to be over in Spain, so uh, a home game for the Euro squad. Any reason we should have hope for the U.S. team this year, Tony? You never know. You never know. That sounds very know. I'm, definitive. I'm getting, it's, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Cause I'm, I'm having a hard time getting excited about the Solheim cup. And I used to love this event, but I think, I think the women's game has passed the Solheim cup and left it behind. It, it doesn't make sense. Anymore. What do you mean? What like, explain it. Why? Like it is pass, it kind of the left USA behind. versus Europe, and that made sense in a in a world where all the best players, or the overwhelming majority of the best players in in the women's game, lived in Europe or the United States. But that's not the case anymore. I went down. I took a look at at not only the rosters of each team, and and I mean, let's preface this by talking about. We have the number 121 and number 122 ranked players in the women's game in what is supposed to be kind of the quintessential Showcase international competition. Right. So what's going on? And, and you look at the, the Rolex world rankings, and I understand. It's not a perfect system. No. But more than It's directional, half, though. It gives you a direction right. of how players are playing. More yeah. than half of the top ten not eligible to play in this event because they're not from the USA or Europe. More than half of the top 20. Way more than half of the top 25 because when you go from 20 to 25, the players in that group are almost entirely comprised of ineligible players. And it goes on and on. You want to take it to top 30? Still, more than half not eligible. So I I, I struggle with with a tournament where... Yeah, again, elite international competition. To me, we're, we're getting to the point where the Solheim Cup is like the Winter Olympics without the Scandinavian countries. 
<laughs> the Winter yeah. Olympics. I, I, I just, if we I'm just like, told Norway and Sweden to stay home in Finland, Finland, you matter. too, right? None Finland, you... stay home. Yeah, I, I, I just look at this and I'm like, I, number one, Ru Yongyen. Nope, you can't play. Jin right. Ko, number four, you can't play. Yojo Kim. <laughs> Right, if we just took out Korea, Minji Lee, Lydia Ko, just <laughs> right. it goes. It's a long list right. of ineligible Australia, players. Australia, New Zealand. There. If we just yeah. because the women's game has changed, the the balance of power has shifted. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if if instead of we're talking about can the can Team USA win right now? What if we shifted this competition and said, you know what? How about Team USA versus Asia? Get or Team throttled. USA and what? What if it was just Team? Asia versus the world. Now that could be a compelling balance. It's, it's like, certainly it's it's a more <laughs> intriguing matchup for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the, again, it's maybe the men's game will get to that point as well, where it's we no longer can get yeah. the majority of the best players because that's what we're talking about: a minority of the best players in the Less world than half, competing. Right? Yeah, is what is supposed to be the signature international competition for women's golf. No, you're no. losing me. Losing time me. for a revise to... there. I yeah, love that take on that. It's time to change it. All right, solve another What's problem next? for me. Just, just quickly. Please, please, please solve another quick problem for me. Rory, his words, called uh, elements of slow play at the last tournament last week he was playing in, quote-unquote, a shit show. I agree. I happen to agree with Rory on this one. Paul McGinley said pretty much the same thing. It's not new. It's nothing... New, no, we've have... talked about this before. So I so two options. Are we either going to solve it and do something significant to try to do it, or should we just never talk about it again because it's going to be like pollution in a big city? Like, yeah. Let's, let's make the tea times 25 minutes apart and hope nobody notices. Right. Right. But is there, I guess let me ask the question this way. Is there a solution that is so obvious that we could implement it across all tours, maybe start at the Corn Ferry or something, whatever the case is, but that's like, hey, this is a no-brainer solution. I mean, other sports and other leagues revise rules far more fre- you know, frequently than golf does, and they implement them right away. You can look at the pitch, right? Pitch count rule, like timing, Major League Baseball this year. You can look at, you know, the NFL, uh, again, changing things with rules and, and you know, where you're kicking off from and where a touchback goes to and these things. But if they felt it was better, they implemented, you know, for right or wrong, maybe it was, maybe it got 90% of the way of where they wanted to get to, but they did something to try and address the problem. Golf has done nothing. We They've have done nothing. talked about maybe having penalties and sometimes less prominent golfers get dinged, but certainly, you know, Nobody good enough to compete in the equivalent of a Solheim Cup is going to uh, is going Cheers to catch to a fine or a, a penalty or something like that. No, the shot. So are they ever going to do anything about it? No, Tony, or should we just quit talking? No, about they it? probably won't. I would love to see a shot clock. Um, say everybody's on a clock. Every shot is on the clock. I'll give you one timeout per nine holes, and even then, it's got to be like a thirty second timeout. We're not going to take a two minute TV break. We just. You, but it's the only way, and it's it's no warning. It's it's very Boom. very firm in the interpretation. There's no oh you know well maybe maybe we're slow because just one guy in the group is slow, and that that's part of the problem. They look at it at the group level, 
right? When we know who the level. slow players players are. So if you put everybody on a clock from yeah. the time that they get to the ball, you've yeah. got call it thirty seconds to hit the shot. Yeah, forty five seconds, whatever it is. Well, yeah, pick a number, be consistent in it, and and as soon as you go over that number, like we've got, you already have people with every group, so you can notify the player, hey, clock starts now. And if you don't get that shot off, zero room for interpretation. I guess maybe you can create you know, like a delay a game penalty, or maybe you get a split second or two <laughs> of wiggle room there. But after that, delay it's, game, a, it's a one Patrick shot Cantley. penalty. One shot penalty, hard stop, no more messing around. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. With that, there's always stuff going on at HQ, our headquarters in Yorktown. Virginia, you've heard about some of the things. I'm going to throw it over to Bennett right now. Bennett, take us behind the scenes a little bit. What has been going on back at HQ? What up, guys? Welcome to HQ. Thanks for tossing it over, Chris. I figured I would show you guys a few things that's going on. So Philip is in the Bay. He's wrapping up wedge testing, which results should be out next Monday. And I won't say that results necessarily shocked us, but they were a uh, first in my golf spy history. So you're definitely going to want to pay attention to that. It'll be out on Monday. Um, and also that came through the door, it's the Pro Sender. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. So Phillip's also given this a test in between club testing. Um, you've probably seen it on the tour range. Uh, Rory's been spotted using it. And honestly, you know, training aids, they're a dime a dozen, but we wanted to see if this one was really gonna be worth it. So stay tuned for those results. Um, no, we normally don't just have umbrellas laying around. Um, our friends over at Weatherman sent these over specifically for the Ryder Cup. Um, there's actually an Arnold Palmer one back there too. Uh, our soft goods guy is out at Nemecolon, if you guys are familiar for the week. So once he gets back, he'll be doing some testing on these. Um, these Ryder Cup ones are gonna be up for a giveaway on our social media. So make sure to pay attention to that. Um, other than that, pretty quiet. Um, but you know, in the transition period, we're definitely gonna have a lot of labs coming your way. So. Make sure to stay tuned to the homepage, and uh, we'll catch you later. Thanks, Chris. Bennett and team, thank you for that information. Riveting as per usual, and uh, awesome stuff going on there. Thank you. Let's talk a little more tech, Tony. Let's talk a little bit more tech. I'm going to skip to the TaylorMade Spider Tour. First, TaylorMade came up with some new putters. Again, we're seeing more releases throughout the year, I think, than we have before this cadence of, hey, we're going to dump everything into the market in Q1 and filter throughout the year and then maybe, you know, hit a niche product here or there just to kind of keep things relevant. We're seeing a different situation now. Companies are coming out with flagship product or product that's very important within specific lines throughout the year. Cali came out with Apex Irons, right, which is a flagship franchise for uh, for Callaway and a phenomenally good performing uh, franchise for Callaway. Now, TaylorMade, want to call it an iconic design? You probably can. I think Dave Wolf, our putter guy, likely I'm good with did that. in I'm his good with article. That. I'm good with that. But new Spider Tour putters, what do we know? What do we need to know? And why now? Why not? Why not? Like, it's mm. kind of in a... I think, I think golf companies have gotten better about instead of just going, hey, here's January, here's everything. Let's, you know, every every few weeks, every month, whatever it happens to be, give us something new to talk about. So four new spiders. I think two of them are new shapes. It's uh, TaylorMade has kind of turned the spider into, and I don't mean this to sound mean, but it may come across that way. So that's <laughs> a preference, but it's, 
call it like the Mr. Potato Head of putters, where I just feel like, yeah, this is the shape. And then we've got all these kind of pieces that we can add or separate. And granted, you don't, you don't get to play with the potato head. They're doing it all in the design studio, but it really is like, all right, we're going to put some wings on this one. Or we're going to narrow this one down and just kind of move parts around and, and create new shapes that are still kind of all based off that, that kind of main, main spider footprint, if you will. Kind of the the center section of the spider. Well, I mean, and that is the catch twenty two, right? Of any type of again, I'm gonna call it an iconic design in the sense that if we look at the mallet putter space in the last five ten years, there are certain designs that have come to define that space. I would put you know the Odyssey Fang right originally, then kind of became you know the number seven that design I would put in there. You have to put the Spider Tour mallet shape in that conversation it's absolutely part of it so how do you go back to that well right maintaining the integrity of the original design keeping what people kind of want to see from that but also offering them something new and fresh and maybe slightly different um without getting too you know again kind of out of balance i guess yeah and then that's that's the thing if you you can do some wacky things uh, lab putters, for example, are notorious for doing some wacky things. Mm-hmm. But if if you want mass market appeal, and I mean, you know, by that something that's going to give you the potential to eat up a, a good chunk of market share, you kind of have to color within the lines. And so that's that's what we see here is, you know, how do we how do we do lots of different things within the confines of this box that we know works? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's. There's plenty of that with the new spider line. So I a little intrigued that they went with the pure roll insert. So if you look at the insert, maybe kind of a, a small uh, inclusion, but there's pure roll two, which is a little bit firmer. Um, Dave points this out in his article too. If you haven't uh, read that yet, I would absolutely go hop into there because he goes through the details of the different models. What's new, what's changed, where the weights are. All the different specs on the CG location. Center of gravity locations, yeah. It's... Mm-hmm. And why, like, one of the models feels a little bit more like a blade with just a little bit more forgiveness. So it's kind of more for that person that maybe likes a blade type of feel in a putter, but could use a little extra forgiveness. That's kind of Rory's uh, thing currently. But why not the pure roll, too? I wonder where that decision point came from because pure roll original that's in the newest putter is just a little bit softer i think that I sometimes mean, you wonder like oh we did this last time let's go back to this ping pong around um you know that's a curiosity for me it's the uh why did you put a paradigm teal soul plate on them <laughs> that's uh that struck me as odd of all the colors in the universe we end up in this kind of uh paradigm teal but um there's a billion colors in the universe, and you went with paradigm teal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, again, an iconic design, a big part of TaylorMade's. I just really quickly back to the kind of you're saying like the product release cycle throughout the year. It used to be McDonald's, right? Fast food, fast and furious. You go to the drive-through, boom, you got everything at once, and 15 minutes later, it was all gone. 
And now it's kind of like eating at more of a fine dining restaurant. You get like courses throughout the year, right? It's like an eight course meal. You got your entrees, the big ticket items, but you got this appetizer. You got a little palate cleanser over here, a little pre-dessert, post-dessert, different beverages throughout maybe. And kind of trying to keep that intrigue going at least through the end of quarter three, right? Kind of. You know, you can get a McDonald's cheeseburger for 50 cents today. Well, I'm see sure. you later. <laughs> I'm I mean, by, by the time anybody sees this, the deal will have passed. But it's today, as we're recording, National Cheeseburger Day. McDonald's cheeseburger is just 50 cents. Limit one per customer must be ordered through the app. Anyway. Well. Figured you might like that. You know we're all being an hour anyway, so that's positive. You had a, a little fun experience this week, Tony. A Sugarloaf Field oh, oh, Club. Let's do this. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Doing a little hat switch palooza. That's right. Sugar Loaf Lake Field Monster. Club. Just by the name alone, I don't know if I'm going hunting, if I'm going to a field to do something, or, you know, Sugar Loaf has some connotations. What on earth is Sugar Loaf Field Club? And why were yeah, you there? So, that's a good question. Who knows how I ended up there? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't mean, well, whatever. No, so the, the guys behind the Sugar Loaf Social Club, which. You know, kind of started as as a branding agency, Sugarloaf Creative Labs, and then mm-hmm. kind of spawned into the the Sugarloaf Social Club, which is just it's just a, a bunch of guys who love golf and the hang and appreciate golf courses and and things like that, and maybe aren't too wrapped up in uh, the formalities of the game necessarily. So they bought a golf course, a six hole golf course in Whitehall, New York, which I jokingly but maybe not without some factual merit uh, referred to as the meth capital of upstate New York. Um, bought, yeah, they bought this Beautiful. six hole golf course up. Uh, it's about an hour from my house. So uh, okay. unofficial opening day was uh, Saturday. So I went up there and just kind of hung out for the day or, or most of it. So tell me, so not very formal in terms of attire. Like you said, this no, is kind of, no. so this no, is a, I mean, are there any kind of Goat Hill Park vibes going on there? Is it supposed to be something kind of it's like even, that or with I the six holes? Like, tell me kind of what, what the experience yeah, is Yeah, it's like. a super chill thing. So they, they've got, I think the goal is to hit about 50 members, but they see it as a place where, you know, it's it's not going to be tea times or things like that. It's the kind of thing where maybe you and a handful of your buddies go up and just spend a couple days and have the place to yourselves. That's oh, kind of the whole idea. Okay. It's like you know, okay. you're at the facility, renting the facility, whatever it happens to be. Um, play as much mm. golf as you want. Here's the six holes as they're laid out. Maybe you don't want to play them that way. You want to do a little cross, cross, cross country, play everything as a par three, whatever you want to do. Do it. Have a good time. Interesting. Um, so they're, they're talking about maybe adding some cabins to the property, looking into the logistics of, you know, you said field. Right, maybe maybe some opportunities to do some fishing because there's there's plenty of water right in there. Uh, maybe do some skeet shooting as well. Okay. So it's it's early stages, really cool concept, but just just a spot for for people to go and people who love golf to go and just hang out and with other kind of like minded people and, and just have a chill fun time. Any idea on like how on like how many people could be there at one time without kind of stepping all over each other so it kind of has the sense to be based on what you're saying to have kind of like a 
yeah, kind of like a private escape. Like you said, you get you, you know, a couple buddies, whatever the case is, you go up there a couple days, maybe you get a fish some, you do this, but you got a six hole course that's kind of your private course, if you will, for a couple days and yeah, use it right as now, you will. Right you now, know, lodging like, lodging is the limiting factor. So they'll uh-huh. You know, I think it'll probably start, I was talking to Ian, so it'll probably start as like glamping tents and, and kind of go from there and try and get some cabins on the property. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ballparking. I think there are probably 50, us, 50 of us there and we're going out in groups of six, seven, five, whatever. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, nobody cared. That's awesome. And it was, yeah, just kind of do a loop. And when you're ready for another one, do it. If you want to go out again, do it. So anything you would compare the course to, like the actual golf part of the golf course, is it hard? Is yeah, it easier? I mean, it's couple uh, par threes, couple like how it's designed, yeah, it's, I guess. I, I think a couple par threes, and I think the rest are par fours. Don't hold me to it. It's a work in progress. The greens are absolutely beautiful. So mm. you know, the, the guys bought it and they focused on the greens first, and it it is evident. I mean, just pure bent grass, just mm, smooth like butter. And you can oh. see like the fairways are probably going to take a year to kind of come in and, and be really nice, but you can, you can see where it's going really easily. And hmm. yeah, it's uh, you know, it's an interesting concept. It's kind of odd, but I was walking in from, from the loop I went on, I looked up in the sky and the DJ has got like sugar Ray playing in the background. <laughs> Bald Eagle flies overhead. And I was like, yeah, this thing half work. bad. Well, I, I mean, work. We talk about all the time, how golf needs something how are you gonna you know there's so much of golf that's rooted in this you know elitist privileged kind of culture and and to be really attractive this ain't that this ain't that which is fantastic yeah it's just this is for guys who love golf not the pretense like if you want to wear a college shirt and long pants i i had them on because it was supposed to be colder and it it really wasn't so i got hosed on that but yeah shorts t-shirt whatever man yeah, playing your flip flops or not, and yeah, have fun. I love that. I think that's fantastic. So, well, cool. You have to keep us updated. Uh, keep us updated on that. Get your running shoes on, Tony. It is speed golf time. Flip your hat back. He's ready. We got our stitch apparel on. It's, it's not really necessarily built for running, but if you are in the market for any new apparel, there one so of the best collars in golf. Oh, well, it I seems it. to me we found out today that's a that is a hotly contested claim. But holy cow, I saw uh, I don't you're know gonna if have a collar on or not. They had there's only like three shirts for a hundred bucks or something like that. So I get it. Not everybody's motivated by paying a hundred dollars for a shirt. I feel you. But if you could get three of these shirts for a hundred bucks, that's kind of like stealing. Uh, and I would highly encourage. Anybody that's looking to try a new shirt or whatever, do so because is that a real runs. deal? Three for hundred? It was something like that. I thought I saw it out there somewhere, but you know, we'll throw a coupon code below anyway, so you can always get something. Maybe some kind of deal. Get you some kind of deal because I think that's important. All right, sixty seconds or less on each of these questions, Tony. I get this question a lot uh, from you know friends, members at our course, that kind of thing. They ask me, "Hey, should I get?" Club. If I'm looking for new clubs, should I get them now, or should I wait until all the new stuff comes out? Because we're getting kind of close to that time, and people are starting to ask. What's your advice? So, short answer is do it now. Longer answer is this is one of those areas where golf companies do a disservice to golfers, particularly those who live in climates like ours. There's no better time to get fit than at this point in the season when you are 
you've been playing all year. You're grooved. You are who you're going to be. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I understand the enticement of waiting till January when all the new stuff hits, but then you're going to go get fit, presumably after sitting on your butt all winter long. Uh-huh. <laughs> the ripple here, right? With the, the growth of the indoor golf world, I think we're taking less real downtime than used to, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is, you, know, you want to get fit when you're playing a lot, and that's typically right about now. Love that advice. The only twist I'm going to throw in there is, hey, get fit now so you know your specs, you know what it is, and if you're that person that kind of wants the best of both worlds, maybe, you get fit now, hold on to your specs, all that information, and if you know something's coming out next year, that, again, the changes year over year tend not to be crazy significant so let's just say like you were fit for you know paying 425 lst i don't think if you went with the 430 lst you'd be like oh that way wrong work anymore <laughs> yeah that doesn't work anymore so if you absolutely have to have the newest stuff i agree with you get fit now this is going to be your best data your most accurate information about you and then if you feel the need to wait you can still uh still do that all right I played in our member guest this last week, and it got me thinking, Tony, what are the best and worst member guest prizes you've either received or heard of? I think the worst like, it was a talking point. I think one year the guys who played in a tournament got at, at my club got like drizzle sticks. You know, those like miniature umbrellas that go in, over your golf bag? So I think... Uh, um, that was, that, was, that was pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. Like, I would imagine if you're like at a, a member at a at a really fancy place, you'd probably get some sweet stuff. The best I've seen personally was a choice between a Vokey Wedge and three dozen Pro V1s, something like that. So mm-hmm. that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's a solid one. I think at ours, we had, they did kind of a foot joy thing too. You could pick from like one of four gift packages. You could do, you know, rain gear. You could do a pair of shoes, some gloves, and you know, a couple uh, pair of socks, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Man, it would be nice with, like, shoes. I would love right? yeah. That'd be a pretty high-dollar one to uh, to get into. They do some shoes rain gear or It'd something. It'd be worth but the price of entry. Anyway. I'd also love to hear if anybody has, like, trophies. Because Rob Miller, Rob Miller time for those Rob people, Miller time, yeah. Texted me a picture of a uh, the trophy at, at his course, or former course, that the champions got this year. And what they got, it, it, it's a cool idea. I don't know that they executed it the way that they wanted to, but it's a, a, a charcuterie board. And it's like, it didn't come with all of the food part, which is what was I was It was meat thinking. and cheeseless? It was meat. It was a piece of wood. But it's a really cool looking piece of wood. Like, it's a very nicely crafted board. It was board. milled it like, and crafted and It was milled, sculpted. <laughs> And it had, like, the inscription on there, da-da-da-da-da. But my problem with that is, like, okay, do you use it then? Like, if it's a charcuterie board and it has all this engraving on it, your name, 2023 member guest champion at, you know, McGregor, blah, 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 blah. Do you, do you put Hang stuff it on, on the wall. when people Hang come it over? on the wall. That's the kind of thing, like, that's that's the perfect kind of prize because you, you can – your wife's going to let you display that in the kitchen. So you can you can put your trophy on the wall where people can see it. And that is a rarity because most of that stuff is like, yeah, that would look really good in a box in our closet or maybe in the basement. So. All right. So maybe not entirely utilitarian, but 
Tony says it's going to be uh, wife or partner approved, so we will see what happens there. G4, the G.112 shoes. They came out earlier, I think, in June. We finally put them through the paces. Pass or fail for you, Tony? You're a shoe guy. You have a lot of shoe opinions. Yeah, no Pass boa, fail. No, no boa, no spikes. That's a fail for me. I'm not, fail? It's not my thing. I mean, I could. I guess I can see kind of like that street casual vibe. I, I don't understand like decorative traction that goes halfway up the side of the shoe, like spikes hanging off. Like you've never had that stance where you need to dig into your Achilles. If you're you're at the point where your ankles are twisted inward like that, and you're actually leveraging the traction provided by that part of the shoe. Yeah. You, you got bigger problems. It's a, it's a pass for me. Yeah. I'm going to call it a fail as well. No, thanks. Don't, I, you know, the street style is some of those that are kind of cool, whatever, but, I just feel like G4 has started to trend more into the, hey, look at me, I'm cool space, as opposed to... Well, here, let me, let me revert really back in here. So, like, so when I was oh. at the Sugarloaf Field Club, my buddy <laughs> my buddy Ryan, he, he was there as well. And he had, I don't know what model they were. might have been these, I couldn't tell. But they were, they were definitely G4s, and they were like, it's really cool blue. So I absolutely loved the look of them. Hmm. I was just not sure that they were, you know, looking at the, the soles... Maybe yeah, I feel so many, so many options out there. This doesn't do anything for me personally, but hey, who knows? In our newsletter, if you haven't signed up for it, you absolutely should. Every once in a while, we throw in little tips and or tricks for you under the golf smarter section. Tony, what's a good one? Give us a. Oh, you can maybe put one this here back on. So here we go. Yep, so <laughs> out at the field club event, there was a short game, uh, little short game clinic put on by Anders Matson, who oh. coaches elite juniors. That's his primary business. Um, and, and you. And, and also me. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> just got word he's got a few more. Every year he's got two or three that go to Augusta for drive pit, uh, drive chip putt finals, and that's that's going to be the case this year. Wow. So anyway, putting on a short game clinic, and the question was, you know, when you get around a green, do you have a default wedge that you go to? And some people are like, yeah, you know, I always hit this. And they're like, hey, way wrong answer. Um, (laughs) The approach here, the tip is assess the lie and then let the lie dictate the bounce or grind of the wedge. So the lie is what should be the determining factor in, we talk about the the bounce and the grind, ultimately the sole shape, right? Hey, this Mm -hmm. this is the lie. I need this shape sole to handle this. And then you go from there. Next step is to consider trajectory and then distance. But everything should start with the lie and, and making sure that you have the appropriate tool to tackle that. So his advice, it's not just, hey, I have a kind of one club that I use around the green for most of my shots, yeah. blah, blah, blah. 56, go, 56, 56, 56, 56, yeah. Yeah, go through a process. What's your yep. process to determine that? He says start with the lie and then kind of go from there. I want to dig into that one more at some point. That's cool. Good we saw a, post, uh, saw a post on, on the interwebs. Something of, hey, coming soon. This was from Trackman Golf, which has been in the space we know for a long, long time. And any idea what it could be? Maybe we can just guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just saw it the other day. And it's one of those, like, you, you don't know, because it, it used to be, I think people had gotten better, but they'd put these little blacked out teasers and then you'd save it, drag it into Photoshop, lighten it all up, and you'd be like, it's right there, man. I didn't try that with the track, man. I mean, I don't know. You're like, hmm, is this, is this new hardware? Do we have a new software release with a groundbreaking feature of some sort? Or is it 
What are you hoping of the... it is then? If oh, you I, I would love new hardware. I mean, just because I don't have a TrackMan, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I would love one. I love my Foresight. I would love a TrackMan. I love it all, right? Um, sure. My... So that's one possibility. I think I think we can assume, right? We know that their the virtual tour that they did last year did That's really right. well for them. So That's where I, was I suspect it's probably going to be a continuation, season two, whatever you want to call it. That, but um, that would be my best guess. But I would love some some new hardware or software feature. Yeah, I agree with you on something. Changes around. the world. <laughs> on, I mean, no pressure, track man. If you're Just teasing this. Toward the end of September, the end of a golf season, which is kind of becoming the beginning of the indoor golf season, if you will, where people start thinking maybe more about those things. And like I said, they had a phenomenally successful um, first run, real players, real money playing for real, I mean, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on uh, and in TrackMan simulators. I wonder if it's it, something about that, I guess, is, is kind of where I'm going and kind of where I'm thinking. But who knows? Oh, there's who knows? Like Maybe a video you. here now. So. Oh, there's a video? I don't know, though, because now I'm looking at the other teasers. No, this is something going on with the hardware for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at a post from three hours ago. Nope. For a new point of view, maybe maybe a camera add-on? This looks like a camera. It does. looks like some kind of camera thing going Trackman on. Trackman adding a camera? Oh. That's what okay. it looks like. Well, That's... things may be getting shaken up in the enterprise-grade launch monitor space. We're going to have uh, personal launch monitor testing coming up later this week, so you'll see it on the site before, yeah, I don't know. before we talk about it on the show. But that's coming out Thursday. Most Wanted Wedges coming up next week, so a couple teasers in there for you. However... If you no, want to I'm stick around for the after show, this is, this is definitely this is hardware. Tony's not paying attention anymore. He's d- he is down a rabbit hole. He is gone. We're going to keep Tony around for the after show because I got to know what he's thinking about this. Plus a couple other topics that are sure to help you get better at golf in the off season, and you don't have to buy any new clubs. So stick around for that. Until next time, we out. I'm All right, we're back. The after show. Tony is still trying to uh, do some of his super sleuthing to figure out exactly what is going on here with something that TrackMan has teased. Obviously, we're interested because, one, we're kind of tech geeks. Two, um, the whole launch monitor space is so, so interesting because, you know, it started, man. When you started with my Golf by Tony, it was GC2. Did we even have? Yeah, I mean GC two. That was that was the was kind of the thing. Yeah, I mean we definitely uh, we started before GC two. So, but that's kind of like we were we were brought up in a GC two world, I guess. And then obviously that became quad uh-huh. trackman, kind of ubiquitous the the entire time. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and we use. We use GC Quad. We've talked about this uh, a million times, right? We use GC Quad for all of our indoor testing. It is our benchmark, again, enterprise-grade launch monitor. Not everybody's interested in spending, you know, 15000 20000 and more 
on a launch monitor, which totally makes sense. A lot of facilities are, or people otherwise do. But this TrackMan thing has you all riled up, Tony. Why? Why? Where did it pique your interest? Yeah, because I think anytime, I guess we know TrackMan has limitations or. You know, there, there are spots where it isn't as strong as it would be in a perfect world. And that's true for every piece of hardware. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of look at, if you look at Rapsodo, what Rapsodo did with the MLM2 Pro, where mm-hmm. they added a camera to help them capture the spin axis, because that's, that's, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That has been the challenge with radar in limited flight environments is to accurately capture that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we know that that's a potential area of improvement. So if I see something like, mm, that looks like new hardware and wincing and trying to, to, to figure out what it is, maybe it's a camera. Like, is that, is that what we're doing? We're going after the, the spin axis measurement specifically. And I don't know, this is absolutely again, a hundred percent conjecture. We don't know. I could, be, I could be totally wrong about <laughs> All of this, and it would be, It'd be hilarious new, if you're a hundred percent wrong, and they're like, "No, it's a software update. We got one new course." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, just kidding! It's a yeah. You can you can now replace the orange cover with a black one, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yep, we've interchangeable so, yeah, covers uh, now. So I'm telling you, I guess you know, I'm kind of lifting the lid on what would get me excited about the potential for TrackMan, but mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like something new, and it's it's been a while, right? Everybody mm-hmm. updates definitely time, been a while. So. Well, and what's interesting too, like TrackMan is, um, they've always been really, really, I guess, conservative in an advertising sense. Like you don't see them putting themselves out there or spending a lot of money on commercials and tour sponsorships and and things like that. And and, and I'm not saying that a lot of launch monitor, monitor companies do, but their philosophy is very much one of why would we do that when we could just take that money and invest it in better product? You know, that's their mentality. That's their philosophy. Again, we've both been on record, I think, of saying there's no such thing as a perfect launch monitor. I was getting into this kind of conversation with Adam last week a little bit too. It's like, what becomes a benchmark? Like when you have a launch monitor and you say, hey, this is 98% accurate. Well, compared to what? Like 98% compared to what what's a hundred percent accurate and is Mm. there a device or something that makes sure that the one that's a hundred percent accurate is always a hundred percent accurate like how do we determine what is actually the most accurate and and i think these are things that again whether it's trackman or you know people at at foresight which is now owned by vista so i'm digging through comments so so maybe some specialized indoor features we'll see but like i said New hardware, always intriguing. We'll see what it is. Stay tuned. Now I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. So, well, and this kind of gets to my other question, which is, yeah, you can, you know, we talk on our site, obviously, a lot about new equipment because that's where a lot of people go. They want to buy new stuff or they want to know when they are going to buy new, you know, a new set of irons or new wedges. Hey, what should I get? That's awesome. But let's just say you're this person. You did all of that this year. You took all of our advice. You got fit for driver through wedge and a putter and every club, all 14 clubs in your bag. 
are as dialed in as you think they need to be or can be. And so you say, hey, going into next year, I took, I invested in all that this year. I'm good. I got it. Now, what else could I do? If I actually, I, I still want to get better. I want more performance out of my entire golf game, but I can't replace a club. Other than, let's just say, you have a wedge that's worn out or something like that, but you're not going to get a new club. What are five to 10 things that golfers could maybe do that will help them, but don't require buying any new equipment? What do you got? We'll just go back Keep and playing, forth. Right? We live in a world of indoor golf. I just talked about it. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So you can you can play year round now wherever you are or almost anywhere you are. I mean, there's a there's a bowling alley out in BFE from from me that actually has a has a simulator tucked in a back room that a lot of people don't even know about. Hmm. So you can continue to play year round. You can stay sharp that way. You can take lessons over the winter. Stay sharp. I like that. Um, I like that one. I like that one. Random one, but make sure your accessories fit. So we talk about golfers wearing the wrong size glove. You and I both had this experience where like, oh, yeah, I wear this size. And we actually went in for a glove fitting at at the PGA show. Like, no, you don't. No, you're wearing the wrong size glove. And that's that's true for a lot of golfers. We've actually seen comments from from people. I think some of the guys who went through the red rooster fitting found the same thing. Mm hmm. And, and I see it all the time where I'll be playing with somebody and their glove is like, you can see the material hanging and it's stretched to the limit. And like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you'd be better off with a glove that fit like a glove. That's where it comes from. So there you go. Fit like a I bag. would bet, I would bet more often than not to people have a glove that's too big. That was my case okay. for sure. I ended up going with a cadet large. I didn't even know what cadet meant. When we were getting fit, I was like, I don't understand. Means short fingers. Yeah, it means short. So for, you know, for the width of my hand, my fingers weren't long enough, basically, for that. So if you have shorter, chunky hands, yeah, Yeah, basically. Clinically basically, I understand that. So, but I always thought, oh, yeah, I I wear an XL glove, like when I go skiing or something or whatever, just because, you know, we're big enough. But that... And again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to gain seven or eight yards off the tee if you have the correct size, you know, fitting glove. But we're talking about every little thing that could, whether it makes you 1% better or 10% better, having a glove that fits correctly, again, it won't wear out as fast, most likely. Generally speaking, it's the only place you kind of touch the club throughout around, hopefully. You know, it's kind of your only connection to the club, so... Getting that dialed in and having a consistent fit and feel, I think, is important. And alongside that, the other one I had, make sure you're replacing your grips. And or find a grip that you really, really like. And maybe that means you get two or three different grips. You get put one on a wedge, you know, one on a you know six iron, seven iron, whatever the case is, if you're in between. But maybe play around with different sizes. A lot of people... Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, Tony, but you went to midsize from standard. This is maybe a couple of years ago, right? Oh, I've been yeah, I've been midsize for a long time. But now you're midsize plus four. I think I actually went from from kind of a standard tapered grip to the plus four to the midsize plus four. So okay. kind of skip the the non 
skipped right to non-tapered midsize. Okay. So once you kind of have, uh, again, I think that's something. And then make sure that your grips are new. I mean, I mean that you're replacing them. I mean, different grip companies will tell you things every 35 rounds, whatever the case is. It Because they tend to wear out slowly over time, the day-over-day day change does not seem like a lot. And then you put a new grip on a club that you've used on, and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much better this is. So make a plan to do that. Maybe you're doing that right now before you go into the winter season at some point, or maybe it's in the spring. I had that one on my list. What else you got, Tony? Shoes. Got guys out there playing yeah. playing golf in the wrong size shoes, which is another one. Everybody's like, I know what size my feet are. I thought I did too. Foot joy, shoe fitting. Wrong again. You, and I, what did you find out with that? Like what specifically yeah, I went, changed? I was for you? wearing from. It's weird. Like they'll point to little things that they can see with based on how your shoes are coming together if you wear laces, but wide. I went to wide, and then I went from a nine and a half wide to a nine, because hmm. I was originally using width to offset or length to offset a width problem, and so it was like going with a bigger shoe than I needed because the shoe I needed wasn't wide enough, or the shoe I had wasn't wide enough, and then it's like kind of backing your way into the right size. But I'd like to see you know foot joy. We did it again at the PGA show last year yeah. or earlier this year, I suppose. Just awesome kind of. Stand on a platform, have your foot laser laser measured in exhausting detail. It's really but cool. These, these kind of things aren't readily available. So even if you think you know the right size and you feel like your shoes fit pretty well, if it could be easily checked, it would be it'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can make a huge. I mean, you know, to tell anybody who hasn't you know played with a blister or you get the wrong. I mean, God, you don't know you have the wrong size shoes until it's too late a lot of the times, and then. It's just an awful, awful experience. So get the right size shoe. I, I'd even say, yeah, digging into that, like the style of shoe. Like I've come to find out that I need a firmer shoe, kind of a, a more stable platform. I tend to do better with that. I think this goes back even to those, what are those, Footjoy Freestyles, the frog-looking uh, uh, ones, one of your all-time yeah. faves. And I... I was lost in those things. They were too flexible for me, but for you, well, game off. Still waiting for Footjoy to to come back out with a freestyle two point oh. <laughs> I don't think I don't, I don't think they're sold on it. I really don't. I think it's just me. I, maybe maybe the fact they haven't come out with one in, in the last four or five six years, whatever yeah. it is. I feel like indicative. if they were going to do it, it would it would have happened by now. Check your loft and lie, people. Check your loft and lie. Wasn't it Billy Horschel earlier this year that said yeah. kind of from changing companies and it wasn't any fault of any company or whatever, but basically got into a place where his clubs, the lie was off. And so if you don't have or know what your loft and lie should be, and again, loft is going to really kind of impact distance, trajectory, spin, lie has an awful lot to do with start direction right kind of where you know if it's more upright versus you know more toe down we want to get compact more flush and more consistent so if you've never been fit for loft lie ugh, absolutely but once you again kind of know what that should be i mean 
if Billy Horschel can go a year or two or whatever without having the right loft and line not noticing, what chance do you and I have? None. Zero. 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 None. Zero. So I'd say spec check that. My last one, Tony, and then you can finish up with whatever you want. We said no equipment. I, I purposely kind of said it that way, so not touching the 14 clubs in your bag. But if you're 100% sold on that, get fit for a golf ball. Find See, a that's way. deep, but you said you're dialed in. You, you changed I the did. I did. I said dialed yes. in on the 14 yes. clubs. I specifically okay. did that to give myself an out. Okay. I'll this allow was premeditated it. cheating. I'll allow it. Premeditated cheating. It would... It would get thrown out in a court of law, possibly, but don't worry about that. I say get fit for a golf ball. We're going to have way more info coming on golf balls from our ball test. we got stuff coming out this week. There are a slew of helpful hints, tips, and tricks. And if you're not finding it there, just DM Tony. No, He'll spend hours answering don't your questions. That. DM Tony. He would love to hear from you. I'm canceling my Twitter account anyway. So. X. It's called X. Shitter. All right, give me one more tip. Finish this up. What do you got? What are you going to do? What, I was going to say golf ball, but then I didn't think it counted because if you're what dialed times? in and then you change a piece of a Yeah, then I guess if you're going to change your golf ball, my next tip would be to go get redialed in on everything because you just changed a pretty big piece of the equation. So thanks for that, Chris. Oh, Only here to help. Only here to help. All right, well, on that note, like I said, we got some good stuff coming up next week. Make sure if you got questions, find us, follow us. On the interwebs, Tony, two hat Tony, uh, one hat Chris at Golf Spy C at Golf Spy T. Pass out. Find us again. Any questions on ball stuff, DM Tony. He would love to hear from you. Until then, we out.